You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Welcome back to The Pastor Pod. We're on episode 54, and if you're new to the podcast, we are all about having real, uh, authentic, transparent, uh, fill in the blank with another really relevant word uh, when it comes to uh, honest conversations on what pastors really think about stuff. If you're new with us, I'm Josh. I'm a pastor at a church called The Bridge in Venice, Florida, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Jay Mudd, who lives in the Orlando area and is a pastor at the Church of South Lake. What's up today, my hey, friend? How are you? I was just doing the acronym work on that and real, authentic, transparent, honest. That spells wrath. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the without, wrath podcast. Without without the W. That's wrath the W. Um, so I don't know if you want to go. We might we might need to fix that. Uh, like how many other words can I throw in there? Uh, you know, exciting, insightful conversations about life. Well, let me tell you about my week. All right. I, I know you're just dying to know, Jay. I am dying to know. Uh, tell me about what this, happened let, at the Robinson household. This week, I have had like, f- let's see, three appliances either freak out or break all together. My garage door uh, like is on the fritz. It was literally like just lights flashing going crazy i think the motherboard blew uh, our, our washing machine was coming on without being turned on just sitting over there like spinning without like trying to spin without me near it and i and so you know i prayed over it and <laughs> i kind of i called the repair person our ice maker machine broke and then our uh, our our cable went out like our internet was fixed you know after the hurricane everything's been like everything is just still in disarray. Our internet was messed up. They finally ran the line under the ground to fix it because it got destroyed by all the trees. Well, once my internet was plugged up, I came home that night to, to watch, I forget what NFL game, and then the cable doesn't work. So they probably like tore the line in for that. So yeah, it's just been absolute chaos <laughs> the last few days. And it's really not a big deal when I think about the grand scheme of what's happening down here, but it was funny. I just looked at Cassie and went, literally, what else is going to break today? Don't say that. You can't say that. <laughs> um, Josh, do I don't know if any garage door openers actually work right and properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't even park in our garage right now because the garage door opener stopped working. So I can, I can, I can, I can deal with that. Um, I can relate. Um, so, man, I'm sorry. All your appliances are growing haywire and actually having a mind of their own. Um, literally. You, yeah, like have, it was literally have, like in their like making noises without me turning it on. Like, you I know, we have like, one of those, we have one of those Roombas, you know, what a Roomba yeah. is right. We have a Roomba and uh, it was, it was actually coming on and operating by itself too. And my daughter, my 14 year old daughter was like, the robots are coming to get us. What is wrong with this thing? Cause it was like, it was no matter what we did, it just, it kept spinning. And so I had to take it's like I robot all over again in the movie. Did you ever yeah. see that movie? I robot. I didn't, I did not. I'm never going to have a robot as a, as a, as a helper. Oh, like, was it a scary movie? No, they just they just basically uh, gain all of our intelligence and kill everybody at the end. So that's so why scary. I that's, don't want that's a robot. Pretty scary. That's pretty scary. I mean, not like a horror movie, just it's suspenseful. Right, suspenseful. I got it. I got but there was one robot that was good. He was trying to fight all the bad robots. Oh, yeah. What was that? What was that, that robot one? that was good? Um, that's probably a different movie. Isn't probably. there a Wally? 
Wally. And that oh, robot Wally. Oh, excellent. Totally movie. different. Totally different. I've Life never changing. Seen <laughs> never seen Wally. What was Wally. the? There was one. It wasn't Wally. There was one that was really funny. He was a funny. I can't even remember the name. Of it was like I don't know. It doesn't matter. That's not what people are here for. They're not here for us to talk about robots. <laughs> They're here for us to talk about real, authentic, transparent, honest, wrathful type of conversation. <laughs> Listen, I'm so glad that you're here on the podcast with Josh and I. We do like to catch up, um, fill you in. I think one of the important pieces of that is, Josh, is people see that, like, you know, you're a pastor. Real things happen to you just like that, um, you know, just like in their life when all the appliances go haywire. And, and Josh, you didn't say any bad words. You were calm the whole time. You held your cool. You showed us what it was really like to be a good Christian. Is that what, is that what happened? Is that what you were showing us? No, I just I had a lot of questions. What in the world's happening right now? Like, how how is the washer running right now? And I didn't turn it on. And then the garage is like flickering like a horror movie. And, yeah. I, and uh, my, my neighbor comes over. He's like, oh, yeah, mine blew up last year. My other neighbors blew up. So, yeah, they're all blowing up slowly. So, yeah, man, you're going to you're gonna have to change that. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's probably another 300 plus dollars. He's like, yeah, they, probably. Hey, blame oh, on yeah, the hurricane. Do you have a deductible well, yeah. you got rolling yet? Yeah, it's only like, you know, $7,000. So yeah, that's, that's good. So you have insurance, right? So when, when, if something happens, so if you don't have catastrophic damage, the hurricane deductible makes no sense. Wow. Oh, okay. And all this yeah. stuff happened after the hurricane, like since the hurricane. Oh, so you can't roll it. So in. no, well, I, I guess I could, I mean, they've already, they've already come out to look at our house just to double check it. We had some roof tiles uh, cracked and some, some different damage there, but not extensive damage. And then like our little pool area, like all, all, almost every screen blew out, which is pretty much everyone and not covered in Southwest by Florida. insurance. <laughs> yeah. Like they said they would cover it, but of course got to pay that deductible, you know, and it doesn't oh. cost anywhere near that to fix it. I didn't so, think they covered the enclosure on the outside. It depends on, I think which, whatever insurance you have. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting, but a lot of people are, a lot of people have it way, 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 way worse. So I am not on here complaining. I'm just saying it was, it was just the, just the like amazing, like frustrating. It's all happening at the same time is what I was like, literally everything's breaking. <laughs> at the same Everything time. at one time is breaking. At one time. Uh, Cassie called me, like, oh yeah, what else broke today? And she's like, I, we didn't even touch it. It just started breaking. I'm like, all right, well, that's great. You know? <laughs> Well, it happens. That's real life. That's real life. And I'm sure many of our listeners probably deal with stuff like that as well. And so um, I love how you said, you know, in the grand scheme of things, though, I mean, it is what it is. It's just a washer. It's just a garage door opener. We've learned to get around it. I mean, we haven't even fixed our garage door opener. We don't even open the garage anymore. Now the garage is another storage room. That's what we've done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, sort of like uh, there was a movie one time called, uh, did you ever see the movie Big Daddy? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a classic uh, movie now. Yeah, right? yeah, I think it is right. But when the guy when he has an accident know. on the floor, throws up on the floor, you just cover it with newspaper. Just cover it with newspaper. Yeah. Don't even think about so it. So whatever breaks, you just you just try to ignore it. You know, cover it up. Nobody just don't even think about it. Doesn't <laughs> great, great advice, Jay Mud. <laughs> <laughs> so there we Nothing go. Nothing to see here. Let's let's yeah. wrap this up. That was your advice for the day on the Pastor Pod. I hope you enjoy that and um, invest in some newspaper. 
All right. Anyhow, no, today's <laughs> conversation, Josh, let's go ahead and get there. Today's conversation is a is a fun conversation as, uh, you know, as pastors, I think we can, we can relate to that. If you're not a pastor and you're listening to this idea that we're going to, we're going to talk about this, this idea of a sheep swapping dilemma. And when I say sheep, it's this, uh, it's a biblical reference to, you know, people who attend the church and people who are going to the church, people who have maybe even members of your church and the swapping dilemma that we see happening across the church is, you know, churches grow and you see these spikes in churches grow. And if you get into the the details of it, what you start seeing is really what happened is there was something that happened at a church down the road and half of them came over to that church. I was at a church uh, the other day in Jacksonville and, uh, um, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, I didn't even know this church was here. I was looking around. They're like, yeah, well, you know, a lot of people from this such church came over here and did this and this. And again, nothing against the churches. It's just, that's typically what happens is we have this idea of people moving around and shifting around because something happens at the church you're currently at. And so if you're not a pastor uh, and you're listening, you're going, yeah, I, I, you know, I've seen surges in churches, or maybe, you know, people who switched over churches. Um, we even had a joke running at the church I'm serving at where they're like, yeah, this, you know, some people were coming and check out the church and they're like, felt like a used car salesman, you know, well, you know, this guy over here, uh, you know, he's got some miles on him and maybe not as flashy as some of those newer ones, but you know, it, it'll get you there to get the job done. Uh, kind of, <laughs> kind of a used car salesman because, you know, we got all these different things moving parts. So Josh, this is a, this is a dilemma I see taking place in the church is we got a lot of swapping around going as people just moving around, going to different churches. Um, and, and I think it's a dilemma because I think it's a dilemma we, we haven't figured out we haven't solved. And uh, I know here in the state of Florida, um, it's probably a little bit different than maybe in some other states like Massachusetts. I can't tell you there was a ton of church swapping in Massachusetts, but there was in some senses um, because you would have to travel a long distance to go to a church. And if one, you know, found one closer, maybe you switched over because it was closer. But I think here necessarily, maybe in the South region, you get a lot of this. And so Josh, I just want to, I just, I want your thoughts, you know, how do we get here? You know, what is making this happen? Why is there such a, a drastic, why, why does this happen so often where we see people jumping from church to church to church to church? Yeah, I think, it, I think every church has the same dilemma. They have people in their churches, right? And every, every church has people with issues and sin and opinions. And so I, I do think there's two different ways to look at it. There's like you're saying sheep swapping. And I think there's another phrase, church hopping. Um, I think church hopping is probably, this is just my opinion. You push back if you, if you don't see it this way, I feel like church hopping is probably a little bit more prevalent, uh, in the, in the Southeast, probably where I'm at, maybe where you're at in Orlando, but, but let's just take a step back even further. I mean, you think about 2020, you think about COVID, the transient nature of people, people are moving like never before, you know, there's huge migrations moving to Florida, Texas, Arizona, other states, uh, you know, wherever they were leaving and where they're coming to, we're seeing that influx here. I mean, we typically see an influx here from all over, you know, for, for snowbirds or people moving here, but now we're seeing from, from all over uh, the last, at least since I've been here. And so I, I do think there's a consumerist mindset uh, as Americans, like we naturally think about the programs and the ministry and does it have young families, if I'm a young family, or does it have a senior ministry? Does it have uh, these ministries I used to have? And so 
that's not necessarily a negative thing that people come to church looking for a place to connect because they want to find a church where they can connect and they can uh, relate and find a place to call home. I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. But the idea of swapping, when I hear that, I hear, I think of it as another pastor or another church member trying to talk another church member at another local church out of their, out of staying at their church and coming to theirs. Mm. To me, to me, that's what that kind of makes me think about, Um, you know, the normal moving around, you know, that kind of thing is different if you're moving from a different state, or like you said, they live 45 minutes away. They want to be at a church that is local so they can build community throughout the week. Um, so what, I, what are your thoughts? So, so my thoughts are this. I think when I when I think of this dilemma, um, my my thought process moves more towards the. Uh, I think we live in a culture that is uh, either they don't they don't understand or a fear of or just a, a, a lack of desire for commitment. Um, commitment, right? And I think that's where I look at this is like, what, how quickly someone would say, all right, well, let's just go to another church. Let's go to a different church. Let's we'll go to, you know, versus going, hey, you know what? Maybe it's, maybe this church has got, you know, different personality. Maybe, you know, it doesn't have all the things that I like, all the best bells and whistles, bells and whistles I like. But, you know, this is where we're at. This is where we're committed to. And we're going to do our very best to, to really improve where we're at versus just say, Hey, I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. Um, I think that's a struggle I wrestle with when it comes to this swapping around, because we have people who move over because, Oh, well, you know, that church, they've got their issues and they may have their issues. And there, there is some, there's a pastor responsibility here as well um, that we might need to get into of this idea where, you know, if there's a lot of things going on and, you know, there's not a collaboration within the church and there's a, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you're not leading and you have nobody following you, but yet you're stubborn and digging in your heels, then there's other issues. But I think the struggle I have is there's, there's a lot of good churches, good churches that get run off because of another church that has some bells and whistles that come into town mm-hmm. and, or, you know, some other church does something that's got a little bit more flash to it. And it, it, it ends up hurting some other church that has some, you know, good, faithful people to go to it. But because they can't do what this other church is doing, um, mm-hmm. you know, people run off and they leave or they get discouraged mm-hmm. because they don't do something that they like. They didn't have the crocheting class that they always wanted or whatever it may be. I don't know. There's lots of different reasons. But I think mm-hmm. that's where I, 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 I want to have that type of conversation of going, you know, what are we? What is the process? What is maybe even answer the question of like, why, what, what are, what are the reasons someone should leave a church? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the reasons why somebody should leave a church? What would, what right. would justify me saying, I'm going to move my family from this church to a church down the road. What would have mm-hmm. to happen for that to be, you know, something that's justified. And again, I know there's reasons, there's tons of reasons we couldn't cover on the, the podcast, but I think that is where, what would it look like if we stayed faithful and we were committed to mm-hmm. a local body, a local church versus jumping around, hopping, swapping, whatever you want to call it, um, in order um, to, to, to maybe just stroke our back or, you know, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. That's what I'm thinking when I look at this and when, I, when I'm talking through this and thinking through this. Yeah. Yeah. The whole sheep swapping idea. I agree. It's, it's, it's a, it's an issue and I've seen it in every town I've pastored in. No, I don't, I don't think people think of it like we're discussing it. I think they just think, oh, I'm going to go there now and I'm not going to go here. And they look at church as a, like, a, like a grocery store. You know, I go there to receive goods and services. 
uh, when they don't have those programs or those, whatever it is, the preferences, I'm going to go where there's better ones. Instead of asking the question, how can I be a part of change? How can I, how can I improve whatever needs to be improved? And I'm not saying that people don't do that. And there's other issues that lead to why that doesn't happen as well. Like you said, with leadership, uh, with division, I think sometimes unresolved conflict is what leads to a lot of people leaving a church and leaving it in a poor way. So if someone ever comes to me and says, Hey, I'm new. Um, you know, I, I used to go to XYZ church. Um, and it happens. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say every week, but I hear a lot of conversations about, Oh, I, I I'm new to the area. Okay. You're from Ohio. Oh, you're from, uh, you know, Orlando, but you're now in Venice. Okay. That's great. You know, I talked to them about their past church experience, how, how I can help them get connected, but if they're local, or if they say, hey, I used to go to this place, uh, I will ever, I, I don't think there's been a time that I haven't said to them, um, well, did you tell your pastor that you were going to leave? Did you, and, and then they kind of look at me like I'm, I've got three heads and I says, did you leave with any unresolved conflict with anyone there? Like, did you leave well? And most people don't even know how to respond. And I don't say that to say, Oh, you're wrong for being here. I, I always tell them, we're glad you're here. You're welcome here. Um, but if you're a member of another local church, I want to help you stay committed to where God has you. Now, there's reasons why I think biblical reasons why you shouldn't stay at a church. But I think sometimes it is just that programmatic, uh, you know, preference that oh, I'm going to go here for this. I, even, I mean, there's some people that go that literally go to like four different churches during the week for different programs because that's what they like. Uh, I struggle with that from a biblical pr uh, perspective. Not, not that you should ever, I'm not saying you should never attend or be a part of another church in some way, but to, in my mind, if I'm in a church, I'm going to fully support, serve, give, and help that body be on mission. I, I think if you spread thin, I think it leads to a lot of the consumeristic stuff. But those are just a few thoughts that well, there's, again, I there's a pattern of that. People move around. I'm not saying it's wrong to move to another church. But the question is, did you leave well? And if you didn't leave well, and you talk negatively about that church, or you talk negatively about the pastor or staff or whoever else, then they're going to do the same thing to you, to me. I mean, once they're once they find something they don't like, if they don't have a, a godly, humble, forgiveness mindset, um, they will find something in a year or two that they don't like. And I have seen the pattern. They'll come in strong and then they'll realize something that, and it's not even biblical stuff, just little things that they get like all up, all up in arms about. And then they many times will go to the church that they want to go to. And I'll just say this. I do think a lot of people go to a church based upon their, their spiritual gifting. I think some churches and denominations and styles of church are built around like one area of gifting. And so like if you're passionate about this element of spiritual gifts, you will go to that church where everyone's exactly the same. Um, and so that's another, that's a whole nother podcast. But I think instead of going to a church where everyone is just like you to have the variety of spiritual gifts being used, where we have unity, not uniformity, that makes a biblical healthy church. I think every pastor wants that. I think desires that. So you said something a minute ago that I think is extremely important. You said if somebody comes to me as a pastor, somebody comes to me and says, hey, I used to go to such a church. And you said I usually turn around and ask the question, you know, OK, so did you tell your pastor you were leaving? And they look at you like you got three heads or whatever it may be. 
I think, and I truly believe pastors as a, you know, as pastors, as unified pastors, we should be doing this well. This is how we shepherd people well. Mm -hmm. This is a good, you know, this is a good practice of shepherding, of going, you know, I want to make sure that you're, you're leaving well. I know I've had experiences where I've sent them back to make sure they, they, they take care of some things they need to take care of with their past church and said, hey, you know, I think that is something you need to do biblically. You need to go talk to them about why you're upset or why you're disgruntled. You know, why well, left because so and so did so and so. Well, okay, did you have you talked to them about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I haven't. Well, you need to go back and talk to them about that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is the healthy biblical model of how we should do that. And I think that is mm-hmm. something we, as pastors, might need to look in and say, are we doing a good job at that? So let's turn the conversation around and say, well, are we and the, doing yeah, a good job at that? I agree with you. And I think the other thing is, um, I'm, you know, I'm still trying to get to know pastors in my area. We have a, a lunch. We, we try to get together once a month and they're from all different types of churches. But if I hear, you know, this pastor had mentioned and I, and I've had a chance to connect with them and even if I have it, but especially if I've you know, had lunch or we've talked, I will praise that pastor to that person say, well, I love, you know, pastor X, Y, Z, you know, pastor, I just, I appreciate him. He's got a great heart. Um, I had a chance to connect with him at whatever. And it, 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 many times it, it's happened. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm just speaking positively to support other pastors because some people are kind of sometimes I think looking for what are you going to say, you know, about uh, this church or this person? I think we, we as pastors have to be above reproach and honoring and treating one another with respect because that's how I would want another pastor to speak of me that I, I care about him. He cares about me and X, you know, back and forth. That's a huge deal to me. Um, and even if the church is different than me or a different style or a different uh, approach, um, I think you can find ways to support and honor one another. So let's talk about this for a second. Cause I think it's, it's, it's important. Cause we're talking about, you know, how we should try to stick it out. We should try to do well, things like that, but there are reasons why there are biblical reasons why someone should maybe, all right, maybe I need to find a different church to attend. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we should, maybe we should give a few of those examples. Like for example, if this is happening, maybe you, you know, it's, this would be one of those cases where, Hey, it's probably, it's probably good to find a different church. It doesn't give you the right to bash somebody, you know, or, you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. But Maybe these are the reasons, Josh. You want to you want to kick us off. What are maybe maybe a reason you would say, hey, if this is taking place at that church, it might be a reason you want to leave the church. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think preferences number one should not be what drives it. Um, but yes. number one, I would say un- unbiblical preaching or an unbiblical church. You know, a church that moves away from believing the word of God is the word of God and doesn't teach the gospel, preach the gospel, talk about sin and salvation. You know that. Uh, that doesn't teach that Jesus is the only way to salvation. I mean, just those core, like essentials of the faith, if they have moved away from that and they're teaching a false gospel that does not line up with what Jesus said, um, then yeah, I think that's a, a good reason to leave and find a God honoring, Bible believing, Christ like church. But you should leave, even if they're that way, you should still leave in an honoring way, agree to disagree. But, it, but, but disagree, I believe the Bible continues to talk about with gentleness and reverence, because ultimately that, that, that leader, whoever it is, all of us will stand before God and take an account. So it's not our job, uh, I think, to take the, the role of, you know, judge and jury on them ultimately. Now, if, it, now if, it's, if it's like, oh, I don't like the way that they 
communicate or I don't like how he dresses or or the music's not as good as, you know, passion uh, conference. You know, that that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the truth, biblical truth, the gospel. Right. Um, I'll add another one to it. I think um, one of the reasons you might, you know, again, I because I'm so ingrained with church planting, um, there's a difference in sending people, sending mm-hmm. sheep, sending mm-hmm. people, and, and hopping and swapping as we've described. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think there are times where you may be called to leave the church you're at in order to go and um, right. help and support churches and church plants and things of that sort. Um, I'm a huge fan of that. I think there's a sense model that we we need to make sure that we're we 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 do right. Um, and if and again, we've done podcasts where the you know one of the we, we mm-hmm. believe, you know part of disciple making is actually sending out and and sending people um, to other churches. So there is going to be a, a, a tension there where yeah, there should be some people who leave your congregation, but that is a healthy way. We've described a lot of unhealthiness, which is where I'm really camping out when it comes to the cheap sheep swapping and church hopping mm-hmm. as we've described i believe that's yes. unhealthy i believe that yep. that that can actually damage the advancing of the kingdom of god um mm-hmm. versus something like sending people there's a difference in sending people i know one of the things i was very intentional about we sent out a lot of people when i was church planting in boston and one of the things mm-hmm. i was super intentional about i didn't care why you were leaving if you were leaving because you felt god was telling you to go to another church and do something and help a church plan or whatever it was. We were very intentional about bringing those people up, staff, not staff. Yep. I don't care who you were, and actually having a sending type model. We're sending yes. them out. We're going to pray over them. Very good. And we're going to send them out. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that is a healthy. That is a healthy reason why mm-hmm. somebody might need to leave a church. So there mm-hmm. are reasons. The some of the ones you mentioned. Some of the you know this idea of sending. There are reasons why people would leave and go to another church, and there are healthy reasons why that should take place. But I yes. think there's a lot of unhealthiness that I we've talked about, yeah. we've described, and I believe that yeah. is what ends up hindering some of this kingdom advancement. That is that is mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that that really when I get to the heart of it, when I get to the the detail, the the, the mm-hmm. nitty gritty of it, is that's where I begin to struggle. Is we we have more people who are swapping around and churches, you know, churches grow, they grew by this many, mm-hmm. but you start mm-hmm. looking and like, well, you only baptized five people where'd that growth come from? Well, it's from yes. other Christians that are coming in. No. Um, and I'm not neglecting yeah. that five people praise God for the five people, right? Mm-hmm. That is not what I'm mm-hmm. getting at. What I'm getting at is if you grow by a hundred and only five were conversions, mm-hmm. then your church growth was kind of a lateral growth. Cause you just, some other church lost a hundred people or two other churches lost 50 people, whatever it may be versus right. making disciples, which is what we're called to do. Um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, start the, the starting point for making disciple is conversion. So, well, you know, I, th- I like what you're saying because that, 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 that is interesting. And, and really, I mean, to be completely transparent, we've seen a lot of people move down to where I'm at from everywhere. So that correct increases that attendance that's right? because, because that's not something that we're looking for, asking for. We, we want everyone to be loved and welcome, right? Whoever comes in, we want to love them and help them. <laughs> so I guess so we it's should like, clarify, you know, if you move to a new state and yeah, you need to find a church, that's understandable. That's going to happen like as it's well, It's wonderful. Right? And, and right. even if you come from another church and that's what God has told you to do and you've done it in a God-ordering way, I'm not going to down that either. Right. But I'm also saying the, the, the center, 
mission and you're hitting on it, the central, you know, the bullseye of the church is to make disciples. That means you are leading someone that is not connected to Jesus, to Jesus and helping them grow to become like Jesus. So, so the center goal of the church, that's why us as leaders, as churches, as people in the church, our mission is to, you know, our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. That like, it's not our mission is to encourage other church people to leave their churches to come make our church bigger. Now, if they come, that's up to them. And I pray that all that, or they leave ours and go to theirs. It happens all the time. But at the end of the day, our, our central mission is reaching the lost and helping them grow in Jesus. And so I, I, I really think that's probably one of the main reasons that this is such a important thing that we wanted to talk about it's a dilemma it's a dilemma because i think for the pastor let me speak to the pastors who might be listening i think it's important as pastors um we all want to see our churches grow i mean most pastors are like i don't know if i've ever heard a pastor go no i don't want us to grow at all i mean maybe one or two but most churches most pastors like hey i want to see my i want to see my church grow Mm -hmm. the piece of encouragement i would give you on this is and this is why it's a dilemma because there are good reasons why churches people swap around or whatnot there are also some negative ones i would say one of the things i would i would look at and evaluate is when you look at your church growth compare your church growth to the disciples being made compare your mm-hmm. church growth to the the baptisms within the year you've had 30 baptisms but you grew by 2000 well right what happened there there was definitely mm-hmm. some church swapping going on. You have to look at that, right? You know, why is that taking place? And you need to look at that. Yeah. If you're growing, you know, drastically growing, but you're not seeing people surrender their life to Jesus, I think there that could be an unhealthy culture that's taking place. Yeah. Um, and, and we just need to be mindful of that. And I think it's a I dilemma. I don't think it's a problem. I think it's a dilemma. It's a well, dilemma here's, we here's, need to wrestle with as pastors. I agree. I, here's another angle. I've met people from a lot of places and they will tell me something, something along the lines like this, you know, I've been in around church and some folks are retirement aged and they'll say, but I've never understood the Bible. I've, had, I've never been to a church that really explains it. And, and what I'm saying right now is not, Oh, Oh, Josh, you and the bridge are doing it right. I'm just saying, they're simply saying I haven't been somewhere that I can actually understand it and now I understand the gospel and now I trusted Christ and I'm getting baptized. Like, but they grew up, they've attended, been around churches, maybe sometimes mainline, sometimes different styles in different pockets of the country. So I would say like the, the, the harvest field, isn't just the people that have never, ever stepped in a church, ever talked to a Christian, ever read the Bible. Although that is a huge need. It's also the people that have been around religious services but have never heard the gospel. And I think that's probably the largest mission field in America is people that have been around it, maybe attended as a kid, maybe gone off and on, maybe their Christmas and Easter, and but they've never actually understood the gospel, made a personal decision to repent and trust Jesus. But they think, I believe in God, so I'm good. Or I, I you know, I vote this way, or or I try to be a good person. And be, because I try to be a good person, that equals a Christian. And that's that once again, the gospel doesn't teach that. It teaches that we all need Jesus and for by grace are you saved. And as you know, right. it continues so on. What I hear you saying is the same thing we were saying, though, is because those people that you're talking about have never legitimately don't know Jesus. 
And so mm-hmm. therefore would be, you know, that disciple of conversion and things yeah. like that as well. I agree. Um, yeah. I, I did. I, again, if somebody shows up and they're like, Hey, you know, well, I've never been in a church, uh, you know, I've no ways my pastor doesn't teach the Bible or whatnot. Um, the idea of being fed, I get it. You need to be fed at a church. You need to be, but you can also be the one that stirs deeper, deeper stuff That's at a right. church. You can come alongside your pastor and say, Hey, we need to, we need to, you know, come alongside them in a, in a deep way. Remember, I think it's important that we acknowledge this is that, you know, being fed on a Sunday is not supposed to sustain you to the next week, next Sunday. You feed yourself every single day as a disciple, as a Christian, you have a responsibility to feed yourself. That's right. right. I want to remind you that a pastor, when he preaches to you is literally chewed on that. They have worked on that. They have studied that they have, they have worked on that for five, six days sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. I, there was this illustration I was given one time and it was a great illustration. It was about out in the middle of um, out in the middle uh, in, in a third world country. There was this tribe and what they would do is they would bury their food to cook their food and then they would mm-hmm. eat their food. Right. And people do this all the time, but they didn't wrap it or anything. Like that. They just bury meat, bury it, cook it and then eat it. Well, what happened as you got older, as you're eating it, you're eating dirt and you're eating sand. and It would wear down on your teeth and no longer could you chew the food. So what you would do is you'd get the next generation to come in and they would chew the food for you and then you would swallow the food. Those people that I love your face, those people, so gross. <laughs> those people would still die of malnutrition. You know why? Because you get the nutrition from the food when you chew it. As you're mm-hmm. chewing the food is when your body absorbs the nutrition from that food, not by just swallowing the food. So here's the illustration. I'm glad you did that face. If you're not watching, you did that face. You did like a gross face, right? Here's the illustration. Here's where I get, here's why this is important. Your pastor has chewed on that food all week long, and he is regurgitating it to you, mm-hmm. and you are swallowing it. It's not meant to sustain you. It will not sustain you. You have to go home, and you have to chew on that word yourself. You have to grow as a disciple in studying your Bible. You need to seek out mm-hmm. people who can come alongside you and and come along and come alongside you and help you to learn to do that. And yes, there should be leaders at the church that are willing to do that. Um, but I just I think that's important that we we acknowledge that that you know a church, although mm-hmm. it does give you some great things that you can wrap your mind around and do, I think at the same time. Um, there's a responsibility we have to grow as Christians and believers as well. That's right. It's both, and I. That's a great illustration, Jay. Hey, listen. I don't yeah. think I'll ever get that out of my mind that like they're just chewing meat that's well, like under now, the ground. And when you just, stand up, that's on, so gross. When you signed up on Sunday, when you when you stand up on Sunday morning, I think it's important now that you stand up and you just you just think about this idea that you're regurgitating what you've chewed on. Oh no, I'm joking. That's disgusting. <laughs> so every pastor this week's gonna be like, oh no, I'm just. <laughs> I think of a baby chick that's just opened their mouth and like, okay, feed me mom. <laughs> I think we do lead and feed and there's that element, but, it, but like you said, if, if the only time that you open up the word of God is Sunday morning, uh, you're going to spiritually, you're going to spiritually starve. I don't think you I need think, to go, the, don't go the drastic measure on me. Like, yeah, our job is to, I get it. Yes. We're supposed to feed the sheep. We're supposed to guide them, but by feeding them well, also, we take them to where, they can get fed, right? right? We lead them to the grass where they can get fed. We read them to the water where they can drink water. Mm -hmm. Um, That's us feeding them. Um, Mm -hmm. That's how we feed them, right? Um, And yes, you'll walk away with some nuggets once in a while. um, But at the same time, you're going to grow more. Mm -hmm. You should grow more Monday through Saturday than you do on Sunday. That's good. 
my opinion. I think, you can disagree. I, it's okay. I, I, I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. I, I think Second Timothy 4, 3 through 4 is probably something that has resonated with me the last two and a half years. And it's, it's the scripture that says, for the time is coming. This is Paul talking to a younger pastor, Timothy. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And a lot of people look at that scripture, I think, from my background growing up as a preacher's kid, that those are the people that disagree with me that are on the other extreme and you can fill in the blank with all those different types of opinions. But I really think churches and ministries can be built around itching ear, non-essential teachings that are contrary to the gospel. And it, it can actually look really, really good, but actually be leading people further away from what the gospel teaches and what the Bible calls us to be. Instead of, oh, we're just, we're just going to be right and what we believe. We're also going to be hateful to the world. We're going to hate people that we disagree with. We're going to, you know, demean them. And let me just tell you what the election around the corner, um, the election will bring out uh, so much, uh, not only fear and anxiety and, and the need for people to vote and a need for people to, we all need to be involved. It's important as a, as a citizen, but why are we here? What is the purpose of the church? Um, and I, I just, that's a whole nother discussion, but um, we have to continue as leaders in a church and, and as people in the church to unify on the gospel, not unify on preferences and opinions and lesser things. So Josh, what you're saying then is you're saying that yes, there are Christian Republican Democrats and independents. I'm saying it's possible and some people yes. do not think that's possible. <laughs> Believe it or not, believe I've had I'm that just trying to me I'm, a lot the I'm, last I'm, couple of years. I'm, no, it, it is absolutely the most fascinating. I know. Uh, it, we have become so polarized. We can't have conversation, and people leave churches. They, they, uh, they disrespect. They, they talk about one another in such hateful ways on these on these issues that do matter and things that we that the scripture does teach teach about and we need to be true right. to the word yes yes but man love each other talk about things have conversations not attacking uh not using social media as a weapon i feel like that has become such a heartbreaking piece of what the last three years has revealed is that we've lost the ability to focus on what unites us uh, and, and instead just find the, the as many minute details that we are different in right. and we stop listening. I'm not saying that means everybody's right. I'm just saying at the end of the day, when we talk about all this sheep swapping and church hopping and consumer, consumer America, um, at the end of the day, the, the gospel is make disciples of people that are lost, people that are broken. And so when those people get into a church, it's, it's always going to be imperfect. There's always going to be issues. As a pastor, I am far from perfect. I very, very much need prayer every day, just like everyone else. And so we've got to learn to give the benefit of the doubt. We need to speak kindly, show honor to one another. Uh, Romans 12 talks so much about that. Be at peace. If, all, if at all possible, be at peace with one another. It talks about honor. It talks about grace. It talks about praying for one another caring for each other. And I just feel so much, ha there has been so much movement away from that because of the p polarizing political 
uh, fill in the blank, all the painful things that have happened over the last four or five years, which actually isn't new. This has always been around. It's just, it's just kind of magnified it. Right. I just pray that we as the people of God will get back to a place of honoring one another. And even if you disagree, disagree in a graceful, merciful way to then let God do the work in people's hearts and not go around and create division within any local church. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I will take an account on how I lead as a pastor. You will take an account. Every pastor has a, just, we will take an account and we will be responsible for how we led. And, uh, and that's a heavy weight. And I'll be honest, some days it's heavier than others. Um, but, but I guess just to wrap it up, Jay, I could probably keep going. Yeah. The church is a, is a body. The church is a family. The church is a flock. It's not a business. It's not a place you go. And I've heard so many people tell me, well, Joshua, when I left that church, you know, it's just not the same anymore. And what I want to continue to say to people is when you leave a family, it's hard. And it's right. difficult and we should never write people off, should never mistreat people, whether they're in our church or not. But church isn't just a building you go to. And when you leave a church, leave in a godly way. If God is calling you to go plant a church or multiply, or, or he is saying, hey, go to this church to do this for my kingdom. Okay, make sure the Holy Spirit's telling you that and make sure there is no undone bitterness. There is no unrepentant spirit uh, because I'll be honest, man, the last few years, that has been the continual pattern. When people do not do that, we as leaders have to lovingly say, Jesus said, forgive one another as I've forgiven you. And that is the body of Christ. And we're a family. We're a greater family, but every specific church is a individual family with unique wiring, unique DNA, and uh, I don't want to go through my life bitter. I don't want to go through my life uh, uh, trying to to cause the, you know trying to cause anything that the world is trying to press in on the church. We we are called to be different. Jesus said that you, they will know you're my disciples by your love, by your unity. And, and I get really fired up about this, man. I just feel like there's so much division um, based upon preferences and opinions, and we've lost the art of giving the benefit of the doubt. We've lost the art so many times of loving and, and honoring other churches that are in our communities and our areas. And uh, as long as we win or we grow, and, I, and I, I agree so much with what you said, Jay, it's really about building the kingdom of those that are not in the family. That should right. be number one. Well, again, at the same time, um, it's really important. I think I come back to this fact and I know it sounds simple. It sounds crazy, but we did this whole, we just had this conversation a minute ago about everything you just said is biblical. It's in the Bible. If we read our Bibles and do follow what our Bibles teach us and how we're to live our lives, some of this begins to change, mm -hmm. right? It, it, it really comes down to us living out the way God has designed for us to live. Um, mm -hmm. So Anyhow, Josh, again, a good conversation on uh, cheap swapping and hopping. I'm going to change the title of the, that's what the title is going to be, <laughs> cheap hop, swapping and hopping. Uh, no, uh, and, and again, I think you've learned, I think we've talked about, there's reasons why all this happens. There's some good reasons, there's some bad reasons. I think really in your hearts of hearts, you have to decide whether or not um, it's a biblical reason of why you're leaving, why you're transferring, why you're going to a different church. Um, or is God calling you to stay there and maybe do some of the hard work 
because sometimes it's hard work of laboring mm-hmm. along and benefiting and helping that church to be a better display of the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. So Josh, uh, if anybody wants to reach out to us, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You can reach out to us at the pastorpod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media. Um, we'd love to connect with you throughout the week. Uh, you can reach out to Josh both individually as well as on our Pastor Pod Facebook page and Instagram page. From Josh and I here at the Pastor Pod, have a great weekend. Hope to see you back here next week.